Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. Welcome back. It's another edition of Dirt to Dollars. It is the first week of December. It's actually the first we're recording on. And how are you guys doing? I'm here. I know we're, it's kind of midweek. I got the midweek slump. I'm ready for the end of the week. I think we got a few big things coming up here soon though. So got to get geared up for that. Um, yeah, we got some big stuff coming up. I guess you could say that. Yeah. Extension conference. We're all going to be. Yeah. You can all be out level of excitement, (laughs) but yeah, if you're looking for us on, uh, I guess Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, Probably won't be in the office those days. Mm-hmm. We can call our cell phone, I guess, but if you have it. Yeah, but we'll be in meetings. Yeah, we will be. We'll be sparse. I give an excuse to step out. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so give us a call. please call us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But it's that time of year. It is. <laughs> um, I know, like, end of this week, Farm Bureau meeting, and then we got we have a state extension mm-hmm. conference meeting next week, and everybody has little Christmas parties and holiday get-togethers and kind of end-of-the-year type stuff, trying to wrap up. And it's mm-hmm. getting to be a, the – we're creeping on in more and more to being the busy busy time of the year for, for extension agents. Many of you yeah. know that listen that, you know, when you typically come to extension programs, it's probably December, January, February – so it's stuff starting to ramp back up. I know I've got, I've been busy planning stuff this week. So I know that my calendar, my newsletter is going out soon. It's going to be full of dates, which is a good thing. I mean, I like to, I like, I sort of like meeting season because you get to see everybody. And now hopefully we'll get to see eight people in person. And I kind of look forward to it and gets everybody together and talk about things going on. I've been trying to get some dates together and about every time I think I'm done, something else comes up that gets scheduled and I have to change, <laughs> change a time. We'll get there though. We'll get there. Speaking of in-person meetings. Mm-hmm. So we had a little agent in-person meeting at Whitney's office yesterday. Sure. And did. we've got to call her out on it, Daniel. Okay. Go we ahead. Had, we had a great lunch, but who really orders lunch? lunch and doesn't do anything about dessert? Okay, no guys, dessert. in my defense, I thought that There's the no catering, that. whatever, uh, in the, <laughs> well, this is my story check on and I'm sticking to it. Okay. We had a caterer do our lunch and she said she was going to throw something in extra. Well, I assumed it was a dessert because it typically is, so what but was it was extra? coleslaw. <laughs> ah, it was, man, coleslaw. that's a, yeah. that's a disappointment. Well, I'm sorry. Dessert or coleslaw. But I did raid, you know, the, the lovely thing about working with 4-H agent is they've always got snacks. So I raided I her closet. And get I, me a bag of mini Oreos. Yeah. So I got a bag of mini Chips Ahoy's. So there you go. You at least got a little sweet. Yeah. It was no chocolate pie or anything, but I guess sorry. it came through. Or even You're like get- you could have even got the Christmas tree, little Christmas tree cakes. Well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I how, should have. How, I should have. been really But easy I to thought. Do. I thought that there was going to be dessert. So that's my bad. I'll duly note it for next time that we'll I let host it a meeting. All right, whatever. We'll let it slide this time. But it was a good meeting. We got to catch up and do, we do this from time to time, have a little program planning and little chat with the agents, kind of see how we, how things are going and 
what needs are out there, which is what we do with our producers too. So if you've got questions or you have ideas of things, or if you need something um, that you want education on, always feel free to let us know. Um, also, we've got a guest this week, uh, yep. Mr. Travis Cleaver. Uh, is going to be award-winning Travis Cleaver, small farmer of the year. Um, we'll be talking to him in a little while about uh, his operation and the award he won and, and all that stuff. So stay tuned for that. We'll be meeting with him here shortly. Um, what else we got going on, guys? Yeah, well, did y'all watch Yellowstone? Talk, I mean, like I said, you, I think we it's have a rhetorical to talk, question. Well, but we have to talk Yellowstone this week because yeah. it had some interesting ag facts. Well, I thought it was John, interesting. Nobody saw John Dutton becoming a, do, you, do we call that an ag, agavit? Ag, Haven't ag, we talked about that? Ag, ag, ag COVID? Ag I don't really yeah. like using yeah. that word, but I've I seen it. I don't either. It's kind of hard to say. It is. Well, what the gist of it was is that he, there was some um, people picketing out there and against agriculture in general and the comments. Against animal no, agriculture. Against animal agriculture. And the comments that he made were probably the best description of why we do it. And I well, never thought of it that way. More the best description of why someone who is against animal agriculture and eating meat mm-hmm. can't really say they're any better than somebody that is. Because of the disruption that they do. Yeah. And he, he kind of sounded like a no-tiller. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you missed it, what was it? He said he asked the lady if she'd ever plowed a field. Mm-hmm. And of course she said no. And he went on about how when you plow a field and turn the dirt, you basically kill, kill everything, every living organism in that soil to be able to plant plants to eat. So don't try and say you're high and mighty and not killing anything by eating plants instead of meat because it's all the same. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of even small animals you know, that you're killing. Yeah. Yeah. He said frogs and he named off a bunch of different stuff. And I thought, you know, I honestly have never Never really really thought thought about it. Mm -mm, Not at all, but I will now. (laughs) But yeah, that was, Hey, there wasn't as many horses in there this week, Daniel. I I will. I'll give him credit. There was not as many horses. I I did kind of, it's winning me back now. But did not have to watch any horses spinning little, did we, did we catch the, uh, did we catch the reference about uh, the king himself? The the three the three kings yeah, of Texas. Yeah. yeah so Jimmy Jimmy got told no, not the three kings. There's three gods in Texas. Three oh, gods. three gods. And the Almighty so, himself, Buster Welch, and George Strait. And you just met one of them. And Jimmy <laughs> turns around, looks at him, and says, "That's not George Strait." <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, it was. Did you? Did anybody look up who Buster Welch was? I didn't, but I've seen videos over the. I always, I kind of, when they mention something like that, and I don't know it, I try and look it up because it's just interesting to me. And that actually was Buster Welch himself. Yes. That's one thing I love about Yellowstone, and some of the things that I follow, like on Facebook and Twitter, will talk about like the cutting horse people and stuff. A lot of the people that are on the show. They're the actually actual. professional cutting horse people and famous cutting horse people. And some of them aren't so famous. And it's neat that they got to be on the show and kind of get a, sh- a shout out. Well, and I'll say, too, you could tell he was the real person 
because of the actor. And yeah. I can't think of that guy's name, but he's in I all can't kinds of Who things. is that? Yeah, he's I don't in know. All he's all in the ranch. He's in a bunch of different stuff. And he was on, uh, I don't know. But either way, you can he's tell like the by the conversation. Yes. You could tell by the conversation that they were having that he was, uh-huh. it was a real conversation, not an acted conversation. And I tell my husband and I were watching, I was like, you know, that's a real, that's, that's real. That's not, that's so, not fake. Buster Welch is, let me see, he's born in 1928. How old would that make him? Oh gosh. 93. Yeah. 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 Uh, four-time National Cutting Horse Association World Champion, five-time National Cutting Horse Association World Champion for cheer, futurity yeah. winner, National Cutting Horse Association Rider Hall of Fame member, AQHA Hall of Fame, Quarter Horse Association, Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame. So he's like, he is one of the, the guys in Texas. Yeah. In Texas. <laughs> well, interesting. I do like how they put a little bit of history in that. So, yeah, just uh, a little bit of a lesson to be learned there. If you're sitting around with an old guy and they start just talking about stories, you better listen because you never know who you're sitting next to. A lot of history. Well, so we didn't really talk about it. How's everybody's Thanksgiving last week? Everybody have a good one? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I did, but I, we were, I, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. I had dumplings at Thanksgiving. I did too. Y'all got, y'all saw the picture. You know what? I did too. Did you really? Yes, I did. <laughs> See, I told had you guys. never heard of that. Told until you this all. Year. And it was all kind right. of a joint family Thanksgiving with several families. Uh, and yeah, I knew who brought them. And at first, just because I'm hard headed, I wasn't going to eat any because of the argument last week on the show. Mm-hmm. But I had to, and I had to take a picture and send you guys. So I had to admit it. But Daniel, oh, I, Daniel held out for a week. He didn't tell us for a week. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I got a story to share though. So um, I always talk about baked oysters. Now it's a big thing. It, mm-hmm. it, at our house yeah. at Thanksgiving and, and I really like it. Well, this time I won't say who, but the cook um, decided to use uh, fresh oysters instead of canned oysters. That did they does come not work? Do did they come from the little, uh, from the place down here in E-Town, the old Dairy Queen? I'm not sure. Um, that, that makes you feel good though, right? Like, oh yeah, I got those oysters from the old Dairy mm-hmm. Queen. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially if you were ever in the old Dairy Queen in E-Town. Uh, well, they do have there. good, when they do get crawfish, <laughs> they, do, they do have good crawfish. They do too, have good I've stuff. Had, yeah. But the, uh, uh, it's just the way that sounds. If you're not familiar with it, it's funny. And, but no, um, just, just a lesson for anybody out there that's looking into making uh, baked oysters for their family. Don't use fresh oysters. Use the canned stuff. Why? Does what, it make are them the canned less ones salty? already... I don't know Already that I'll ever cured eat or something. I don't know that I'll ever eat baked oysters again. Were they gross? That, they were not good. It's just the texture of them. It's not does not work. Huh. So anyway, lesson okay, learned. So- was that just your personal opinion, or was everybody? No, that was it? nobody ate it. Oh, okay. Or I ate it first, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> And then we didn't, of course, it's, it's basically, it's just me and my dad that eats them. 
and and so and then when uh we i we sat down before he got his plate and so i was like i swallowed it but i said i ain't eating any more of that that is not those oysters are not they so can't they, eat it like that they baked the canned oysters and this year they baked fresh oysters is that what you're saying it's a whole That's thing a, like it's a okay it's kind of like a bunch of stuff in there but it's anyway, yeah you just don't use fresh you got to use okay. canned. Okay. is the moral of the story so just think about it's a texture thing and it's just you can't chew them up it's just you yeah, you don't chew up fresh oysters. You just kind of swallow, swallow them. Mm-hmm. The canned oysters are different. They're, you know, they're not, they're not they're like mushy, mush like oysters are. And this is really starting to sound disgusting and it really was not great. But, um, <laughs> but we all just kind of sat around and waited until my dad took a bite and he was like, oh gosh, yeah, we ain't doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> so Lesson that, may have, that may have ruined me. I don't know if I'll ever want to eat them again now. Hmm. My well, I did not have any noodles at Thanksgiving. Oh, I had I had some I had some noodles. They are egg noodles okay. in, in broth. Yeah, okay. not juice broth. I guess it's chicken right. juice if you want to call yeah. it that. I I did I only did wrong. one Thanksgiving because our we had a sick little one and so we divided and conquered. So I went to my family's and my on one day and my husband went to his family's on the other. And so I only got one Thanksgiving meal this year. So I didn't get half of what I normally get. Well, I, only I did have the dumplings meal, and I felt miserable for like the next twelve hours. I didn't need as much this time. Much. I didn't I, either. I, I did pretty good at the main meal, and then I went to dessert mm. and filled the whole plate up with dessert. See, I, I think I was cake. up like three times during the night taking Pepto Bismol because yeah. I had a birthday cake the day before, so I didn't, and we had a birthday party the day before for the us ladies in the office that had it. So I had my fill the day before, so I was still kind of full. I didn't have to worry about it. All right. Well, that's probably enough Thanksgiving talk and enough food talk. Let's uh, go on and get to our d- guest. Daniel, would you like to introduce him? So with us today, we've got a, we've got a special guest who was uh, recently honored as a, a small farmer of the year uh, by Kentucky State University, which is a uh, university we do a lot of work with, with Extension in, in UK. And uh, so we got with us, uh, Mr. Travis Cleaver. Travis, thanks so much for joining us today. Man, thank y'all for having us. I'm glad to be with you today. I think a lot of people around here uh, know about you and about your operation, but we do have some people outside of, of LaRue County that listen. Uh, could you share a little bit about your operation and what all it is you do on the farm? A little bit about our operation. Our operation is located in, in two counties, actually, LaRue County and Hart County. Um, the main, main production that we do do is in Hart County, but our headquarters, as far as where we sell our vegetables and where we live, is in LaRue County. We sell right there at 405 South Lincoln Boulevard every Saturday for 18 weeks, starting June the 1st, ending usually around October 15th. And we sell direct market vegetables and meat, things of that nature. I said most of the stuff is the, what we produce. And then, like I said, as far as our meat goes, we do a every every six to eight week meat drop in E-Town, Louisville, and Lexington. So you do some, like... CSA boxes, I think. Do you do that too? Yes, a little bit. We do a every week drop. Like you can either buy weekly or you can pay prepay. And those boxes, they'll vary each as the season varies. Um, so, I mean, one week you might have tomatoes, cucumbers, squash, zucchini. And then as the season progresses, you'll start getting your watermelons and your, you know, sweet corn and things of that nature. 
and the box is very in size as far as they were $40 boxes last year. This year, we're going to go down to a $25 box because noticing the families are getting smaller and mm -hmm. they having a hard time eating all the product in one week. Hmm. So Travis, you've got just a little bit of a, I guess, unconventional operation there. You're doing something that's not necessarily typical for this uh, part of the world. What got you started, I guess, both in farming in general and, and what got you started in the vegetable business and kind of the truck farming side? Okay. Truck farming. That makes me think of Gordon McDowell. That's what he always called me was a truck <laughs> farmer. Uh, good to hear. Good to hear that. Uh, but now what got us started is we always, we always farmed. We always worked with, um, with other farmers. We had a small farm growing up, but to be successful, we knew we had to do something different because we couldn't produce enough to pay for anything or you couldn't produce enough off small scale. So slowly but surely we met a guy from Kentucky state named Taran Jewell. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And he started telling me about vegetables and slowly but surely we started out with a quarter acre. And I think when you first got the job, you came out there and man, I had like weeds up way over our head and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then just as things progressed, we started with a half acre and then an acre. And then we started getting a little better, take two steps forward, one back, two forward. And as it progressed, it just, you know, we just got lucky and it started working for our favor. You know, and it just, we, got, we was able to make more money per acre than we could probably make off the whole 15 acres direct selling. What varieties of vegetables do you grow? I know you said you sell 18 um, weeks out of the year. You know, you sell for a pretty long period of time. So what types of vegetables do you grow? Okay. We'll start We'll start out in the, uh, in the first week of June and end of May, we'll start out with strawberries. And then as the strawberries start to fizzle out, we'll slowly start getting in tomatoes. But for the whole box, we'll have everything from lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers, squash, zucchini. We're probably no more for our strawberries and sweet potatoes than anything in particular, though. But we'll grow anything from cowpeas to green beans to okra, so just anything that people might want to eat that we can produce locally. We don't grow our own sweet corn. That's one thing we do not do because it's too land. It's, it takes up too much space. And there's a lot of planning that goes into that. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds it sounds simple to talk about it, but to make sure you have things planted where you have stuff coming in one after another continuously throughout the year to keep those boxes going, that's a big challenge in itself right there. Oh, it's a very big challenge because you'll think, you'll sit down and Heather and myself, we'll write this out and say, all right, we're going to plan every 15 days. But the thing we planted this week and the thing we planted three weeks ago, they all come ripe at the same time. And this, you know, Mother Nature definitely has a, you know, she definitely likes to laugh at us sometimes. Especially so when you make plans. She just likes laughing oh, yeah. at those plans. Yeah, she has a big sense of humor when it comes to that. So I know you mentioned that you'd farm, you know, you've been farming for a while. When when was it that I maybe like you get bit by the bug? Like you you really knew you wanted to farm and that's that's just what you wanted to do. When when did you make that decision? Daniel, man, I can't never remember not wanting to farm. I mean, that's all I've ever wanted to do. I just was always told that there's no money in farming. You always said there's no money in farming, which of course, the only wrong, we still have to work public jobs now, mm -hmm. but the farm, if, you know, the farm doesn't pay for our lifestyle. If we can just get the farm to pay close to it for itself, we're happy, but I've never not loved farming. Whether you take it as a little kid watching your father work and then getting to show cows with the McDowell's as we talked about them earlier, that's where you really, my love has always been with the animals, but the vegetables is what, what we're more known for. 
And so th that's, I mean, like I said, I can't ever remember not no loving it. So do you have cattle? Do you have other, other livestock yes, on your operation? Yes, ma'am. We probably got 30, or probably got 50 stalkers, probably 30, 30 something beef mama cows. Um, we usually do about a thousand meat chickens a year. Um, 10 sows, sheep. I mean, we, whatever we can, whatever we can trade in, we always will have it, you know. Sounds like it's a, it's a good variety of options for, for your clients. Well, it's a, it's a hodgepodge because I mean, our clients are not only people that buy our packages. We have a foreign clientele that different ethnic groups like to come to the farm and they do their own processing and we allow them to do that. And that's a, that's probably our best business you know, as far as what you have to spend for versus what you make. So yeah, we you just gotta have whatever they want on hand. What's your what's your favorite what's your favorite animal to raise? Are are you more fond of the cattle oh, or cows? Cows. Yeah. cows. The vegetables <laughs> won't be here forever, but the cows will be here as long as I can, <laughs> as long as I can take care of them. But the, the vegetables will fade fast, I'm sure. I'm just glad you didn't say sheep. <laughs> oh, right, right. What's wrong with that, Matt? <laughs> no, thank you. No. <laughs> I've, I've had the opportunity to work with, uh, with your kids a little bit. They've sold at the farmer's market the last few years. And, uh, I'm going to brag on your kids real quick. They're, they're great kids and they're really hard workers. I've always been in, impressed with how they handle themselves there at the farmer's market with, with not much, you know, um, not much oversight, you know, there's nobody there telling them what to do or how to do it. They can handle themselves very well. When we talk about farming on our own operations, we talk about it because we want to have our kids involved. We want to have them to grow up uh, on the farm. You know, what all, what all do you have your kids help with? I know they do more than just sell at the, at the market, but what all do they help you with? And what do you think are some life lessons that, uh, that they've learned along the way? Well, being that, you know, being that my kids come from a broken home, we don't, um, they don't live with me all summer. So, you got to take what you can get when you can get it. I mean, you can't burn them out. So you got to do it within balance. I mean, some, yeah, if you can get them to go out and feed every now and again, you're kind of lucky over here. Because uh, <laughs> it's got to be between, it can't be 90 and it can't be 60. So, you know, it's either too hot or too cold. But uh, our kids, they love the market. Um, they like having their own money. Uh, we we just try to teach them responsibility, try to teach them to be respectful and hope that they'll eventually get the get the itch and they'll love love the farm. Or just learn to love to hold the land. Even if you don't want to raise cows or pigs or sheep yourself, realize what the land means. That's that's my number one goal for, for our children is just teach them work ethic, teach them to love the land, and realize that there's more, you know the, the more land you have, the better off you are. I think it's uh, very evident how hard you work. I think they're and and from what I've seen them and how they work, I think they're I think that message is coming across. You're doing a really good job with them. So uh, guys, what else what else do we have? We're going to talk about today. Well, I just would like to know a little bit more about this award that you won um, or that you were awarded with Kentucky State University, uh, Small Farmer of the Year. Um, did is was I mean, that sounds like that's quite an honor. And obviously, KSU is a land grant university, much like UK. So can you talk a little bit about your work with them and how and, and your extension experience with them? I've, I've been working with Kentucky State for probably, uh, I'd say maybe 10 years. Um, like I said, I became real good friends with the agent that they had by the name of Duran Jewell. And he was the one that he had taught me about the vegetables because I'd never even heard of plastic culture or anything of that nature. And then me and Billy Carroll went to a couple of their conferences and you just started, you know, just no different than what we do with Daniel. I mean, except Daniel's in the county. These people, you got to basically, you got to reach out harder to, 
you know, they got to come to you. You know, you can't go into in their office like I like I'm fortunate enough to do with him. And like I said, before you know it, they just they showed us a little more about chickens. They showed us a little bit about vegetables. And we were probably ones that were silly enough to try to to take it a little bit too far, take it farther than most do. You know, if you like they showed us how to build the chicken pens. And instead of doing one, I think we had eight at one time. And so, you know, you have eight chicken pens with 70 chickens in it, you know. And so everything that they did, we just kind of took it and ran with it. Go big or go home. We, w- we went home a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, every one of these situations, they're not always a success story, I promise you. you know. Well, I think that's that's the the farming aspect of that. Every, you know, you going in, you know that there's going to be success and failure. Yes, absolutely. And and those are some of the best lessons you'll learn or the one when you fail a little bit. They're, they're definitely lessons. <clears throat> And I'd, I'd say the high tunnel production, you know, I, I guess that's for me the thing that, you know, now that we're finally getting to the age where there's people under us doing this thing, we, we've got to figure out how we can, what we can show people to make them interested. It's hard to have somebody truly interested or think about how can I get 20 cows or the 50 cows and you only got five acres. I wish that we could teach people more about these high tunnels because the production that they make for, for young people. It's very, very, very profitable. It's, it's a lot of dollars per square foot. You know, you yes, typically yes. think dollars per acre. We're getting these, you know, these big farmer mindsets. We're thinking dollars per acre. But when you're talking high tunnels and and even in, to an extent, just any growing vegetables, you're, you're talking dollars yeah. per square foot. Yes. And I mean, the money, money per square foot is, it, I mean, it's just amazing. So like I said, when you start putting lettuces and tomatoes and things in these tunnels and like the market that you have for us, I mean, it's amazing what especially young people can do as far as a summer job. If they had their own high tunnel, if the granddaddy had a five acres that they could use an acre to put a high tunnel up to NRCS or something. I wish there were more of those type of things we had young people doing as eighth graders and freshmen so that they could have four, maybe three or four years to use it before it's time for them to go off to college. You know. And a little, uh, the money will go towards college because I don't know about you, but you know, tobacco is long gone. And I know for a lot of us, that was what was used to pay for our college education. So why not use, you know, why not diversify? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people are still scared of the vegetable market because people like to know that they can, they like the stockyard mentality. They know that they can take it and they know they're going to get something. And sometimes you can't afford to lose, you know, you know, that's, that's the, the fear of like, if I lose, I don't have nothing, to, you know, I can't get anything in return, but the, you know, the high, the farmer's markets, the produce auctions, even the feeding America and Louis, and not Louisville, E-Town. I mean, it, it's, you're not going to lose if you, I mean, you're going to make some mistakes, but you're not going to lose. Yeah. I've got one more question before we wrap up here. I know you're much like, kind of the rest of us you've uh tried to start a farm all on your own and kind of from the ground up what would be some tips you'd give some aspiring farmers uh out there that are maybe interested in doing the same oh first thing i would do is say you know start with some start with something that's going to make you some generate some fast money not drugs fast money but uh (laughs) we we can't do that fast money (laughs) right right but um, something like with a high tunnel that has a fast turnover rate, you know, chickens have a fast turnover rate, eight weeks, you're going to circulate some money pretty fast. Um, 
you know, the high tunnels you can get maybe three to four crops out of. That's going to circulate some money. And then if you want to get into animals, rent you some ground so that when you do get ready to buy ground, you've already accumulated some animals. You can't afford to buy animals and borrow the money and borrow the money for the land because they won't leave nothing for you. So just start, you know, start with something that's going to have a fast turnover and then rent you some land, accumulate some animals, accumulate some equipment, you know, keep your debt low, low, and then go from there. And be afraid. Don't be afraid to fail. You know, you're going to have to fail a lot of times to get there. Know, know that, you know, and that's just part of it. Well, great advice. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Matt, Whitney, y'all have anything else? No, I, I appreciate you coming on and joining us today. I know it's busy time and uh, we always like to hear from our farmers and uh, hear about the good things you guys are doing. Well, I do thank you. I apologize about being late. My hoop of a van wouldn't go quite as fast as I needed to to get back in time <laughs> with right. a load. So we were we right. down the road there. But I'm sure Daniel seen my van with the girl driving it, so he can tell I've y'all. Seen it. Yep. <laughs> well, well, all Tra- right. Well, I do thank you all, and y'all have a great day. Hey, you know? thank you again. And and yes. if, for those that haven't seen it yet, we'll I know we'll, we'll put it up on the Lord County Extension Facebook page um, uh, this week. But check out the video featuring Travis is really well done and really shows a lot about what he's doing out there on his operation. Uh, Travis, thanks again. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right, y'all need anything from me? Let me know. Have a wonderful day. You too. You too. All right. Well, good conversation there with Mr. Travis Cleaver of uh, Daniel. Do you want to give a shout out? What's his farm market name? Where where can you find them? Yeah, it's uh, Cleaves Family Market, and I believe they're on Facebook. Um, he mentioned uh, where they normally set up at too uh, during the week, and they've been at the farmers market for the last few years. And if you do, if you look them up on Facebook, you'll find them there. And I think they have a website too. Uh, clevesfamilymarket.com, I think. So check that out. I'm sure they, if you're interested in buying any local uh, produce from them, I'm sure they'd be happy to, to set you up. Good people. Yep. So we got a few other things that we had on our list to talk about this week. Um, Matt, did I, do I understand that you had some experiences this week? Some social media experiences? Is that what it is? What are you talking about? <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you had, I, I thought when you said experiences, I thought maybe you had experiences with belts. Do you have bad experience with the belt this week? With a belt this week? With a belt. Uh-huh. I'm intrigued. I haven't heard this story. I am too. For a header? Oh. A combine you header? Ha- I, How'd you I know have, about I, that? Hey, I have, I have <laughs> little birdies everywhere. <laughs> I do not know how you knew about that. So there's, I just want you to know that there is a little decal on there that'll show you which direction those belts go on. Yeah. And if you, if you look at that before you put them on, I think it typically it'll work right. In my defense, it worked the way we put the belt on the head. <laughs> not just for long. Well, <laughs> it throws off the flotation of that end of the head when you put the belt on the way we had it on. Everything ran. It's just the header height wouldn't work because it threw that whole end of the head off. But, yeah, that'll make you feel real stupid when you uh, realize what you did. And I will say another another experience, and I know this isn't the experience you were going to share, but uh, it sounds like I might need to give you a, a dome light for your, for your tractor for Christmas. I know who your little birdies are now. <laughs> yeah, It's, it's only like a 98-cent bulb, Matt. 
always nice when uh, I, I hear your local, dad was, the local heckler is farming right across the <laughs> fence from you. I hear your dad was having to use a, a cell phone light because you wouldn't you wouldn't put a light bulb in your tractor. Hey, he uh, he threatened the other night to uh, find my tractor and grain cart sitting on the side of the field somewhere and just replace it for me. So that's kind of what I'm banking on. Well, now, hey, so. gotta hold Sounds like that. a pretty good plan to me. <laughs> <laughs> he really got me, I'll tell you. <laughs> if we're anyway. going to talk about that, uh, you know, we got we got some messages over the weekend, too, about what some of our listeners are thankful for. And uh, had kind of an interesting one. I had had a LaRue County farmer that messaged me that said he was thankful that I was not his ag agent. So <laughs> yeah, I, I told him the feelings were mutual. So. You got some rough crowd over yeah, there. We we we, we got to learn to quit asking for it. <laughs> I was going to say. <clears throat> so back to your original topic, what was your experience this week? Was it on social media? Yeah. So I don't know how many of you all, Daniel, you've probably got some sheep groups on Facebook or something you follow and maybe they're not as bad, but it just, just aggravates me when you see uh, some of these social media groups. If you ask for help or ask for questions of some kind, uh, how negative people can be. And uh, just seems like sometimes in agriculture, we can be a little more negative than, than we need to be. Basically, what it came down to is I posted a picture on a combine website about we'd put a new rock guard on the front of our bean head, and it had done its job and caught a rock. And I had 47 people telling me how big of an idiot I was for not seeing the rock and not picking the rock up and how many years that I farmed around that rock. And, of course, it was all people from probably places that have six feet of topsoil and they've never not seen a single rock, rock in their field. Yeah. They don't realize that there's rocks all over down here so. yeah and it's just something you learn to live with and that is why the rock guard was on the front of the head so anyway it's just aggravating rock guard understood the assignment exactly <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so be kind out there farmers aren't the only ones that do that on social media because I'm, I'm in several groups like yeah. I'm, I'm in some skid steer groups and oh. I'm, I'm into uh and uh well yeah, watch groups. those, those i will say guys but it's everybody that's that's what they it's like it's the internet yeah. these days yeah is mm-hmm. is all that and it's it's not just to farmers groups now there are some groups that actually monitor for a lot of that and might yeah. take it out so nope it, I, there is some good that can come yeah. from those groups well but it's just a it is a good reminder to not <laughs> not just be looking <laughs> for the bad and what everybody's doing let's just be constructive and 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 help. And it was it was just nice to see there that. were there were five or six people on there that had made comments calling people out that had were giving me a hard time about the rock about hey if you don't have anything good to say why don't you just keep on scrolling or don't comment or that was uncalled for and stuff like that so I took it all in just and just kind of laughed at it and was screenshotting uh screenshotting some of them sending them to some buddies and we got some good laughs out of it but it's it's also a good i mean it's a reminder that what we have here is so much different oh yeah than every than a lot of other places most probably most of the country definitely i was gonna say well if it makes you feel any better i had to put up christmas decorations this weekend it's not ag related but it sort of kind of is i had to put them up and i'll tell on myself a little bit but i about 
threw everything out the front door and burn it on fire because I tried to put a garland on my banister, a lit one at that. And, you know, there's a male and a female end. And you got to make sure that they're on the right end that goes in the plug-in. And so I tried three times. Oh, backwards. But not only did I have them, instead of just swapping it, because it was two pieces, I should have turned each of them um, opposite. But instead I turned the whole thing opposite and it was a disaster. And I thought, well, you are, you have a master's degree. You should be able to figure this out. I was so mad. (laughs) You had a moment about like, I yeah, did when I was yeah. putting the belt back on. Yes. So bean head. I, I feel your pain. You, you, yeah. you don't have to loathe in, in, you know, you don't have to, you're not the only one. So, <laughs> but on, on, on Christmas lights, Whitney, the, uh, um, I'll say, uh, we've had a problem. We, we used a lot of battery powered lights this year mm-hmm. and they have little timers on them. And, and so my wife spent like all day getting all these little wreaths, put the lights on them and you set the little timer thing. So they all turn on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had everything looked good, but we had one that went crazy and it just flashes all day. Like it won't, and sometimes it'll turn off. Sometimes it'll turn that on. Could be kind of festive. Yeah. But it's the only one. There's like seven of these wreaths on like every window. I guess you have to have a wreath for every window. I don't know. You do. And you do. I didn't know it was in the rule book. <laughs> the Yule book. Maybe it's the Yule book. The Yule book. The yeah. Yule book. Yeah. <clears throat> Didn't know it was one of those rules, but yeah. So one of those battery powered lights just has its own mind, and no matter what we do, it won't. It won't work right. So it's the cousin Eddie of the family. I guess so. I did watch that. Maybe. Movie over maybe the it has a metal plate in its head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, about all the Christmas decorating we got done is I did carry the tree up for my wife from the basement. So. That's yeah, about the extent it, of mine. It does. did not yeah, get out of the box. A, yeah. I didn't and, hang, and we had to I didn't dig hang out, a single ornament. We had to dig out. My daughter somehow remembered she had a little dancing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer that plays the saxophone and it sings Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. So that has been going off like 20 times a day for the last week. I didn't hang a single ornament, but in my defense, I was hanging siding. So I got, yeah. I got done with that job, but I didn't hang, I didn't do any Christmas decorating at all. Actually, I take that back. I did do one. We put a star up on our barn and I had to get up on the ladder and put that up there. Fancy. That was, that was fancy. Mm-hmm. It's battery. Those little battery powered lights are kind of cool. I was going to ask you how you, if it was like solar powered or something, since you don't have electric <laughs> in your barn. Well, I mean, it's with these LED lights these days. You can, you don't uh, need much. Two AA yeah. batteries or three. Yeah. I think I had three AA batteries for a hundred lights mm-hmm. and, it says it'll last a season. I don't know. You know, I guess cool. it stays on for six hours a day and I don't know how long a season is. They don't really, they don't really clarify that on the label. You so know. do you have to turn it off and on? No, it's a timer. You push a button and whenever you push it, it turns on and then it'll turn off at six hours. And then turn back stay, on. Yeah, it stays off. I think most of them are like 18 hours and turns back on for six hours. That's cool. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, kind of smart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something like when we were kids, you didn't have that. You had the, you didn't have pre-lit Christmas trees. You didn't have any of that. And so can, and I remember my family like cussing about the light situation because there's just strings. Of and then you get everything, yeah. you get it's everything starting. on there and there's one light that, or one bulb that's out and you have to trace them all down. I yeah. think a lot of people, and my wife is one of these, 
they're not into this pre-lit Christmas tree thing because you buy, you pay this a lot of money for this tree. And then after you have it for a year, a light goes out and then there's like, then you, then you have to hang uses. lights on it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So why would you, I think it's I starting, strung. everything runs in cycles. So it's, you know, and this will be one, the next one that, you know, next fad and it'll, I think it'll go back to non-lit, non-lit trees. Yeah. I would agree with that. I actually had to, I've had a, pre-lit tree on I've got two and the one I've got is pre-lit and this is the first year I've had it in like four or five years that the very top didn't had a little section so I just took a thing of lights and ran on myself but I thought well after this year (laughs) maybe maybe the did did you ever see like the real shiny trees back in the day like Like tinsel like yeah yeah. silver maybe those will come back into style because they would like have those shiny silver tinsel like trees but then have little lights you put under it and then the yeah. tree would move around and it would be like a disco ball tree that'd be cool <laughs> maybe we can bring those back retro well bell bottoms are on their way back so i guess if you you don't want that that's kind of that bullets bullets well, I mean, yeah everything is cyclic what it's cyclic cyclic gotcha mm-hmm. circle it's in yep. a circle it's back around it's all a circle mm-hmm well, one thing about Christmas, have y'all been hearing the Christmas music? Not much. Well, we're still running beans. Mm. So you've got the old school radio and you got to listen to a station of some sort. And I can't pick up Abe 93.7. So like every other song is a Christmas song. And it's bad enough that you know you're combining beans in December still. And I know I'm not the only one out here. So everybody, there's other farmers out here that are feeling my pain. And uh, But then it's just kind of salt in the wound when Jingle Bells comes on the radio. Yeah. And you're yeah. still in the combine. Yeah, because you know? this time last year, everybody had been done a month already. So. Yeah. My, my kids have their Christmas songs picked out. It was a, kind of a chore getting my youngest one off of Halloween music because he was just a, he just, there was all kinds of these little Halloween songs. Halloween that he liked. songs? Yeah, just the little YouTube songs hmm. like, um, like Five Little Pumpkins. Uh, Cuckoo Kangaroo has a bunch of good ones. I'll throw that plug in. Greatest there hits. Uh... Yeah, they've got a bunch of little Halloween songs, just little fun songs, whatever. But uh, we're trying to get them over into, into Christmas now and they've got a few picked out they listen to and I think our favorite is uh little John's Christmas all I want for Christmas it's a good it's a good banger okay okay it slaps <laughs> the young say it slaps okay my kids are they do a Christmas play at school every year so they've been singing their songs for a couple of weeks already so they I don't know what they are you know I can hear them humming on hey man like look go back to your little John call, like what yeah Uh, all he wants for christmas is everything on my list baby yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that we basically like if we're going anywhere my son he'll and it's got the kool-aid man in it the kool-aid man makes an appearance it's like oh yeah so it's it's funny (laughs) definitely i'm gonna have to youtube that one i don't think kale will have it or we'd play it we'd play (laughs) it after the show today but i i recommend that one we listen Um, to that a lot do we want to go on and pick a song since we're got, on the on music? Just I'll no Christmas two. music, please, Kale. Not any got, Christmas music. I got two. We'll save Christmas music for later, but two I've got, have been I've mentioned. Got one. We've got two that have kind of been mentioned today. One would be anything by George Strait. We we'll uh, play a lot of George Strait. But then Whitney kind of dropped a little Colin Ray earlier. 
Um, she did. She said, "Yeah." She yeah. said, "That's my story, and I'm sticking and I'm to sticking it." Sticking to it. Oh, okay. Yep. I, I actually may, I used to like that song, and uh, I may put mine. I'll put mine in the back pocket. For put it in the back pocket. Okay. Okay. Put it back there and save it for later. So this song, though, it kind of dates itself a little bit because uh, uh, I'll read. I'll read the lines from it. He's like, "I know I should called, and baby, I'm really sorry." But get a cellular phone, and then you won't have to worry. That's back, exactly it was back right. whenever you know you didn't have cell phone. It was like right on the True. cusp of, of cell yeah. phone time. Yeah, yeah, you That's wouldn't hilarious. have that in the line these days. No, no, and you still wouldn't make that phone call. You'd text them. Yeah, or exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've already passed that. I just can't. Yeah, I can't. My our children we were kind of laughing about that this morning. My son wants to, you know, he likes to watch YouTube and stuff. And he's got one of my old phones that he uses for Wi-Fi, and it, they are never going to know what it's like to have to make a phone call um, from a, a home phone or do some of those things that we didn't, that we had to do, you know, and True. go to school and not have to worry about, or, you know, and have to go up to the office to make a phone call. <laughs> Well, it's like, and if they're at home and there's an emergency, what do they do? Yeah. That's yeah. one that I've always wondered. Cause like my daughter, I think could pick, I mean, she kind of can pick up my phone and do stuff, but mm-hmm. she's never really made a call. So like, you know, I, that's something where I had to start going over with them. On I had a, had a freak out moment the other night. My daughter had my phone just playing with it and she, she likes to the SOS. I'm, I'm texting, I'm texting and she'll say texting one of her friends or something. And then uh, she handed, finally handed me my phone back and I needed to get on it to do something and type my passcode in and it kept popping up. Passcode was wrong. So my wife was in the kitchen cooking supper. I looked at her and I said, she changed my passcode. She said, no, she said, she cannot change your passcode. You have to go into like five different settings to change your passcode. I said, she changed my passcode. (laughs) She went, came and grabbed my phone. She had done something where she'd hit the passcode so many times it locked me out for like 10 minutes. Yeah, I had that that happen for like 10 minutes and it Mm -hmm. came back. Yeah, that was a panic moment. Well, I've had mine call SOS or, you know, click the SOS button and call 911. And then after I realized that I'd hang up real quick and if they will call you back. They will call you back. Was that your favorite Colin Ray song? Like, is that the is that the Colin Ray song? Mm. Uh, That's the most memorable. Yeah, mine too. Is it searching. Well, there's he has some that- songs about it's about like girls and relationships because he's got one boy and one girl. There's Little Rock. Yeah. Little Rock's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. My kind of girl. My kind girl. If you get there before I do, don't yeah, give up I, on me. That's it. Little Red Rodeo. How did we forget Little oh, Red Rodeo? that's right. Yeah. I forgot hmm. about that one. Do we need to make a change? Little Red Rodeo is pretty good. We did kind of talk about Yellowstone stuff. Yeah. We'll see. I'll see what Kale's got. We'll, we'll put it in there. I'm sure he'll have one of those. Be a surprise. Yeah. Anyway, well, what else y'all got this week? We're about about out of time. Um, y'all notice this new the new strain of COVID we're dealing with now. How do you pronounce Omicron. it? Are we talking Omicron? About that? How do you Omicron. pronounce it? Pronounce Do you know how to Omicron. say it? Omicron. Omicron. It's a Greek letter. Mm-hmm. I think it sounds like a transformer. 
I think it does too. That's bit. funny. Um, but I, I know that one pretty good because uh, the Alpha Gamma Rho chapter at UK is the Omicron chapter. And I think so that's it's Omicron? It. That's the way I said it. And I'm kind of wondering how I've been saying it wrong all the time, but I'm pretty sure the Kentucky way to say it is Omicron. Because that's the way what, I where ha- What else have you have heard? I've well, never, I've only ever heard it called that. I've heard Matt's been saying it different. Omicron. Okay. He's been saying like Omicron. How do you, how's it spelled? O-M-I-C-R-O-N. I've been if, saying if, it wrong. I've been if, putting an N in there. I have nothing, to, yeah. There's I an E N at the Omicron. end. Yeah, yeah, you've been saying like Omicron. But I've been saying Omen, Omnicron. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. Well, if anything else, we we are learning uh, the Greek alphabet through all this. So I know. We're getting we're getting kind of through it. <laughs> Don't know what we're going to do whenever we get to the end of it. Uh, the end of start, the Greek alphabet. Is, you start adding other, you put two of them together, I guess. I don't know. Like alpha beta. And hopefully alpha by beta, that time we will, I was going to say, hopefully we will have a, have something that we can, you know, have a little bit more ammunition with it besides just the vaccine. And well, I hope more actually like, I think the, the strains will end up just getting weaker and weaker. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. Yeah. yeah, we're not virus experts, but just it's in the news. We thought we'd talk about it a little bit. Yep. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this week. Y'all have anything else you want to add? I think we're good. No, nope. all good. See y'all next week. All right. See ya. See ya.